Welcome everyone to Dr. John Bedker's Leadership Podcast, the podcast focused on leadership. The episode will begin shortly. Thank you so much for tuning in. Enjoy the podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Dr. John Bedker Leadership Podcast. I am so glad you've tuned in. I am your host, John Bedker. So last time we spoke about getting out the vote, G-O-T-V as it's called. I made a case that voting is an act of leadership, but it was about motivating you, encouraging you to get out and vote. Now, approximately one week ago, the vote concluded. And so now we do what leaders do. We have a bit of a post-mortem, a bit of a reflection in what I am calling in this podcast, sense and meaning making. That's what we're going to do now. Well, let's begin with a little piece from scripture, if you will. The only person that can predict the future does not live here anymore. Well, that's probably a true statement. Pundits, prognosticators, polling services of every stripe, well, good luck. Our world has changed and changed dramatically. Our country, the United States, has changed. Our communities have changed. Models that use historical data and understandings are inherently flawed and ergo the results that were predicted in these midterm elections in the United States did not occur. What we thought we knew about yesterday may not be helpful in informing us about the elections that have just occurred. So, what did we learn beyond this fundamental fact that none of us can predict the future with accuracy or consistency? So we'll do this post-mortem what I call sense and meaning-making. That's what leaders do after significant events. They seek to make sense and to make meaning of the actions that occurred based upon the decisions that were made. And in this case, it was the decisions of voters. So first, let's Make sense. Making sense. And what I'd like to do is read from you from an article dated November 25th. Very current. I'm going to read to you a piece, uh, some quotes from a gentleman by the name of William Galston. He's a senior fellow at the Brookings Institute, Wall Street Journal columnist, and he was on a forum 
of several people at the Center for American Political Studies at Harvard who did a post-election breakdown. So, here we go. Galston was joined in the Thursday discussion by conservative journalists Ramesh Panuro and Bill Crystal, trying to make sense of what all agreed was a, quote, crazy and, quote, remarkable midterm election. Pre-election polls, those that I've already touched on and said that data may not be helpful, had many expecting a nationwide, quote, red wave of Republican victories, with voters blaming President Biden and the Democrats for the economic pain brought by surging inflation. Instead, Democrats held on to the U.S. Senate and control of the House Representative, which seems likely to go Republican, but is still not completely settled and may be at a very small margin. One key reason is reflected by exit polls nationwide, which showed that the percentage of people who said inflation and abortion were key. In swing states like Michigan, voters cited abortion 45% over inflation 29% as a top concern in exit polling. Democrats also fared much better with voters who were, in quotes, lukewarm on Biden's performance or the direction of the country, but they were not, quote, angry enough to vote for the Republican candidate, said Galston. So we're saying that the data, the polling, wasn't that accurate. And I think I've seized upon some of the reasons why. Incredible changes that have occurred locally, nationally, and globally. That that base systems, that baseline of data, may not have the same capacity to infer outcomes as it has historically. And also, the idea that it was a referendum on President Biden and the Democrats didn't pan out either. So there is a little bit of sense-making, as I have quoted from this Harvard article. All kinds of people did vote, though. Young voters, Gen Z voters, voters that had never voted before, all appeared in significant numbers. My last podcast, thank you for all you regular listeners that have already heard it, my last podcast was about getting out the vote, that GOTV in political parlance. Many means and methods were used. Major political figures came to live rallies, and many came to hear and see them. They were influencers. We are all grateful to no longer, though, have to have our 
text messages bombarded? Are TV ads, seemingly all forms of media, overwhelming us in the effort to get us to vote? In my GOTV podcast, not surprisingly, I made the case for voting as an act of leadership. I truly meant this and hope that I may have motivated some of you to vote. Voting is an act of leadership. So the sense-making is clear. Many people from many sources voted, which is great. Each of our voices is a voice that needs to be heard and needs to be counted, and therefore is an actual and tangible form of leadership. Let's move on now to the other part, the meaning-making. Touched on the sense-making for just a bit. Let's see about the meaning-making. Making sense and making meaning, that's what leaders do after significant events. Understanding what happened obviously is very important. More important, however, may very well be the answer to the question, why? Well, this is my sense of the meaning-making. Two movements in the United States have attempted to move the needle. Move the needle towards autocracy, which is to say away from democracy, and to move it in a way toward the few rather than the many. These movements are known as Christian nationalism, and white nationalism. Both failed in these midterm elections. These two cases, these two causes, movements, are at the root of the answer that I raised was so important. Why? Voters spoke in the ways that they did. This is the why. Christian nationalism encompasses many facets, but anti-abortion, in particular, was responded to in this election. Anti-abortion, the prohibition of a woman's right to choose, was responded to by the voters. The answer was clear. The majority of Americans, which is not to say all, but the majority of Americans are pro choice, clearly and strongly. A woman's right to choose is a woman's right in concert with her doctor, not a politician's. The meaning-making is clear. To be pro-family, to be pro-life, this is a euphemism cleverly offered by the anti-abortion group, the Christian nationalist movement, is the province of the woman and her doctor, not a politician's and not Christian nationalist. 
we saw similar meaning-making regarding white nationalism. White supremacy is not a winning strategy. It is viewed as another form of extremism from the right wing of the Republican Party. We are a nation of immigrants. We view diversity as an American value to be applauded, not rejected, and certainly not controlled. The election advanced women to more governorships, seats in local, county, and state offices, and either retained or added people of color and the LGBTQ plus communities. Our votes, our choice, our voice, our act of leadership said we are better as many than we are as a system of superior and subordinate castes. Our votes in this midterm means we is the path forward for us individually and for us collectively. Now, what I would like to do is take just a moment and read another little piece from a different article because I think it makes a point and a timely point. And this is from an article called The Battle for North Carolina. It's by Van Newkirk II. And the date of the article is October 2016. I'll read from this work. In 2016, bitter and unyielding contests have placed the state at the center of national debate about race, civil rights, violence, and elections. In the span of a year, an anti-transgender bathroom bill sparked rallies and a fierce debate over civil rights. Flames licked the streets of a segregated Charlotte during protests over a police shooting. A local GOP office was firebombed and a collection of new laws was enacted and promptly challenged in court. But the most contentious and sustained rift has been in the area of voting rights, where White's words resound most loudly. I drove to one of the staging grounds of that battle in late August and watched as a stream of activists walked inside from the heat of a summer evening. Sitting just outside of North Carolina State University's sprawling campus in Raleigh, Pullen Memorial Baptist Church is wholly unlike the hidebound Southern Baptist churches I grew up in, rural North Carolina. Inserts in the hymnals boasted of the church's commitment to racial, sexual, and gender inclusivity and advertised 
a training for sensitivity to transgender and gender non-conforming folks. Scattered through the rows of the church sat an eclectic crowd of old-school civil rights movement leaders, Latino college students, white clergymen, LGBTQ activists, state NAACP organizers, and first-timers who driven from the woods down state highways in pickup trucks. After a round of call and response chants, the North Carolina NAACP president, the Reverend William J. Barber II, took the pulpit to applause. With a seasoned preacher's pace, Barber launched into the kind of hybrid of political speech and sermon that marks pastors turned activists. The 14th Amendment says every person has a right to equal protection under the law, he told the crowd. When you engage in intentional voter discrimination, you are robbing people of their equal protection under the law. His words were both a benediction and a battle cry. And so as I conclude, I make clear that that is the meaning making. This was an article back in 2016, but its points are clear. That the collective, that the we, as I say often in my leadership speeches, a rising tide does in fact raise all boats. We should not, we must not, try to poke a hole in someone else's boat to sink them, to cause them harm, to do them damage, in hopes that that will help our boat rise. No. That is what this election told us. That we is better and the path forward. That we is how we will succeed. Voting told us that in the meaning-making now one week later. It seems, still unclear, but it does seem that the Republicans will control the U.S. House of Representatives. And it is already determined that the Democrats will control the United States Senate. What is yet to be determined is the we. Can we find a way to get things done? Can we find a way to serve our fellow citizens? Can we adhere to truth and science and values? To give dignity, respect, and support to our fellow citizens. The vote this midterm said we should make every effort. We should try. Diversity is important. There will be those that will not get on board. But the majority, by far, sits in that middle. And they have told us 
what these midterms are all about. We. Okay, there we go. A little sense and meaning making after an important midterm election. I hope each of you exercised your right, your responsibility to vote, to have your voice heard, to be a part of the course and direction of our great country. Thank you all so much. I'll be talking to you soon. Once again, thanks for tuning in. Thank you for tuning in to Dr. John Bedker's Leadership Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Please tell your friends and, of course, please follow our podcast and subscribe. Thank you again for tuning in.